Welcome back to another edition of the Wits Up Podcast. It is fantastic to see all of your friendly faces today. I am chatting with Pause. And the reason I do that is because, and you'll notice <laughs> throughout the entire episode, I pause uh, and then I start to overthink about how to pronounce this athlete's name. Uh, because if I've proved anything over the years is my pronunciation isn't always the best. Uh, but I I do try and I, I probably need to try harder. Uh, so again, apologies if I do butcher this athlete's name. I will give it a crack. Uh, right. Amelie Kretz. Amelie. Amelie Kretz. Let me know. If you're listening back to this, Amelie, let me know how well I did. Out of 10, let me know. Uh, She is a Canadian athlete who I caught up with, but she's currently in Arizona and it was great to catch up with her. I've met met her quite a few times at races. I've spent a bit of a time with her and other athletes uh, at training camps that she's been a part of. But I've never really had much of an opportunity to sit down and get to know her. What I do know of her is watching her in an environment where she's surrounded by people uh, she trains with and obviously enjoys spending time with, that she's a super friendly, uh, outgoing kind of person. Uh, And then even at races when I've bumped into her, always really happy to stop and have a chat. Um, You know, say hi. I, I kind of... Judge is the wrong word, um, but I, I like I almost rate people based on when they will go out of their way to say hello um, when they don't when they get nothing out of it in return. And I I just I really appreciate people who who do make sure that they acknowledge you or you know they want to truly say hi because they want to not because like I just said they can get something in return out of you. And I feel like that's the kind of person that she is. And I. Definitely by the end of this chat, I felt like that that's exactly the person that she is. So I really enjoyed getting to know her better. And you'll notice that I'm not attempting to say her name again because I get terrified that I'm going to say it wrong. Amelie, Amelie Kretz. It was great to catch up with Amelie again. Uh, so I uh, have a small human who's sitting behind my camera and microphone at the moment who at any moment... Uh, the YouTube video that she's watching is going to end, which means you're going to hear some crying, screaming. Um, maybe you'll hear an iPad hit the floor. So before that happens, I'm going to shut down this intro and get stuck straight in to this episode of, of, not of, this episode with, wait for it, Amelie Kretz. I haven't had a shower and I'm pretty sure... You can't see it, but there's food on my top, which is Frankie's food. It's not my food. Right, right. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> I won't. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a crack, but you let me know if I've mispronounced your name. Oh, that's going to be good. I'm not great. I try. I need an effort, you know, a good effort for trying, uh, but I'm not always great at it. Um, Amelie Kretz. Oh, that's good, actually. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Now you say uh, yeah. Amelie Kretz. But that's oh. like in French accent. So, yeah. Mm. The Amelie is really hard to say for English people. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, uh, yeah. No, there you go. You put like an A after the M. That's the first, yeah, first thing people do. Because there's like an accent on the E. 
So it's Ame. May? May? Yeah, Ameli. Yeah. Ameli. There you go. Really? Ameli. Ameli. Yeah. The first time was good. First time was good. You're throwing me a bone here, aren't you? I feel like you're giving me a virtual pat on the head. Like, good try. <laughs> but the crets was good. Usually French people have trouble with the crets because it's actually not French. So it's like German. So, yeah. Okay. Can we talk? Okay. So for those who don't know who you are, you are Canadian. Yes. And I, I've discussed this before and I get very confused with British Columbia, the French area speaking part of um, Canada. Talk me through the background, where you grew up, uh, where your name comes from, all of, all of the things, where the accents come from on the on the name. Like there's, there's a few little accents on your yeah. name, isn't there? Just one. Oh, just one. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually, I, I'm from uh, Quebec. So Quebec is the only French speaking province of Canada. So the first language in Quebec is French. Um, so my first language obviously is French. Uh, I grew up just north of Montreal, so about um, 25 minute drive from the city. Um, and yeah, that's that's it. But your last name? French. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, my last name is German because my grandpa on my dad's side is actually from France, uh, a place called Strasbourg, which is in Alsace which was a German possession before the war. And then uh, after the war, it became a French possession. Um, so he's from there and moved to um, Quebec when he was about 20 years old. So I also have a French, the French nationality. So I have a French passport as well. Right. Did, okay, this is a bit random, but you, you know a little bit about your family history. I... It, which, I mean, shouldn't be surprising. We should all know a little bit about our family history. But I, I don't know that much. I'm actually learning a lot at the moment um, because, unfortunately, my grand and granddad are, are sick. And it just because I, I guess I'm spending more quality time with family and I'm asking these questions and it's, and it's really interesting. But you seem to be quite, a, quite across it already. Yeah, I think, yeah, my grandpa's story is pretty interesting and um, he talked about it a lot when we were growing up and we also visited um, where he was where he lived most of his life before moving to to Quebec so um, yeah we know a lot about his story his parents um, were actually in like a working camp after the war uh, which actually we don't really hear about it because the French don't really speak about their working camp because I guess they're uh, embarrassed about it um, so he would actually ride his bike and drop up food for them uh, every week and come back. Um, and yeah, he's got like a lot of stories like that because um, he actually lived through uh, the Second World War. So um, yeah, he's got a pretty cool story and he's actually writing everything down. So <gasps> he's, yeah, we have something um, for, for our kids or yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. What, uh, excuse my ignorance, but what exactly is a working camp? Obviously, it's, it's, like, not, it's not a great thing. <laughs> no, um, I don't actually know what the name is in English, but it's like a, 
where the um, people were sent when they were like working for um, like associated with Jewish people, I guess, yeah. during the war. And then yeah. a lot of people would like actually die at working camps. Um, right. And my my grandpa's parents actually they they were there, but they didn't like die there. It wasn't as intense in France. Um, yeah. But because my um, grandpa's dad worked for the he was an engineer for the trains. So through his job, I don't know exactly the details, but through through his job, he had to work with the Germans and French and like the Jewish. So he was like punished. So the army came to get him and my my grandpa's uh, mom and they like had to um, do some time, I guess, at the working camp. Yeah. Wow. wow. So, yes, yeah, so I imagine I imagine his book's going to be very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you are obviously quite close with your family. Very close. Yeah. My family is, uh, yeah, very important for me. Yeah. We're a pretty tight family. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I was reading some stuff about, about you the other day. Um, and I, I'm not exactly sure of the timeline, but throughout COVID, uh, and I guess the pandemic and lockdowns and mm-hmm. <laughs> all that. Well, that was the last time I saw you, wasn't it? Malulaba. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So you did you then hightail it back to Canada after Australia to be back with your family? Yeah, so we were told by our federation to go back um to Canada because things were going to close and they like we were afraid that borders were going to close and so yeah, I went back home and um stayed with my parents for 3 or 4 months, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And what I mean I travel a lot, obviously, for work, but uh, athletes like yourself really travel a lot, spend a lot of time away yeah. from home, um, away from your parents uh, and family who you've just said that you, you're obviously very close with. So what was that dynamic like going from being, you know, this globetrotter um, yeah. to, well, what I was reading was going back to your parents' house and building a pool? Did you, you yeah. build a pool or something? Yeah, <laughs> I built a pool in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what was the dynamic like moving back in with your parents for a while? Yeah, it was good. I think uh, my mom really enjoyed it. My dad was like, after a few few weeks, you should probably like go back to your place because I actually have a place in in Montreal in the city. And he's like, it might might be time for you to go. Um, but my dad, my mom was happy to have me around. Um, uh, yeah, no, it was good. I think, like you said, we don't get to spend a lot of time with uh, with with our families because we're on the road all the time. So it was good to be at home for, and not have to travel and live out of the suitcase for months um, and just spend some quality time with the family. And like my brother would, would come over most nights and we would just play board games and stuff like that. So we got some really good quality time in. So, yeah. Oh, that's good. What board games? We played, uh, oh, I can't remember the name. It's like a code, so you're like in a team of two, and then you have to like figure out the code that your teammate is seeing through like clues. Um, oh. I can't remember what it's called, but we played a lot of that, and my mom really loved it, and so we we really had to play every night. So after <laughs> like a few, and my dad hates board games, so he would just be like, "Oh, 
okay, I'll just play one game and then yeah. Good <laughs> good times. <laughs> it wasn't taboo, was it? No, no, it's like a I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. I'm not really we, good at um, names. Uh, that's all right. I, I'm just curious because I'm always looking for new board games to play yeah. because we always go back to... Um... Oh, it's called Code Names. There you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What do you call it? It's, it's, I don't know. It's code Names. I'm trying to figure out what the code name is and I, I couldn't tell you what it's called. Yeah, and Code Names. <laughs> oh, <Got> God. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm not I really good with names. I can't remember who I spoke to about this. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> but I remember having this conversation with someone and I can't remember. Oh, it was on the podcast. I can't remember who it was, but we discussed, but it might have been Sky Monch, uh, board games and how we we love them. Like mm-hmm. so many people love them, but just never, you just never end up playing them. And maybe yeah. that's something out of, out of the pandemic that people have uh, realised that yeah. it, it's a good way to spend time with people. Yeah, I love board games, but now I'm like, I think I've, I've played enough for, for a few months, yeah. <laughs> You're done now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so is it just you and your brother? Yeah, just two of us. Yeah. All right. And um, older, younger? He's older than me. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. A year and a half older. Not that old. Really. Okay, so pretty yeah. close. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, okay. Does he, what kind of role does he play in your life? Uh, I guess we're pretty close, I think. Growing up, we would like fight a lot because uh, we're quite different. Um, mm. But yeah, now I think we're pretty close. We we talk most days, and um, during the pandemic, obviously, we spent a lot of time with each other because we were only allowed to see each other. So you yeah. stuck with me for, for a bit. But yeah, no, we're pretty close. How are you different? Um, I guess I have a lot of energy, um, and he's more like quiet. And growing up, he would like to like play with his own toys and just do his own thing and I needed a lot of attention and always wanted to play with him so yeah it was kind of a, a pain in the ass for him growing up <laughs> <laughs> so we would fight a lot but now we're good again I was having this discussion like uh, recently where with and I felt it with my younger brother is we always kind of got along but there was you know brothers and sisters fight it just mm-hmm. it just happens um but as we've gotten older we've you know, we, we kind of went our separate ways for quite a while, but then have come back and mm-hmm. really get along. Even though we are very different, my brother and I are extremely different to one another. Um, mm-hmm. Although he rang me out of the blue last night and said, I'm going to the gym twice a week, which is amazing. Like he has never, ever been, you know, interested in fit, health and fitness. Yeah. In, any degree so I was stoked that I was the first person he rang and told about that as well that's it's really cool but yeah anyway my point being it's interesting as you as you get a bit older you start to reconnect for sure uh, yeah with with people yeah we got a lot closer when I actually moved out um when I was younger when I was like 20 we both I moved to Ontario and he moved to like the city for school and we got a lot closer with the distance so yeah yeah so at what age did you get into triathlon? I was eight. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, kind of random, Baby. but yeah. Yeah, I was very young, yeah. So I've been and in the sport for 20 years. <laughs> God, you young people, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I'm doing a new rule that I'm not talking to anyone under the age of 30 in, oh. anymore. <laughs> I'm at, yeah, I'm actually 27, turning 28 too, getting oh, old. God. Yeah. Isn't that bizarre? You've been in the sport for essentially 20 years. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't very serious about triathlon at eight, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this for most of my life, for sure. Okay. So when, in the timeline, when did triathlon become a serious thing for you? Uh, probably through like junior years, like where I actually had a coach and like a training schedule. And um, yeah, so probably... First year junior, I guess. Well, serious, I mean. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Pro like, re really serious, probably my last year junior. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're quite successful at, uh, was it under 23 mm -hmm. championships? Yeah. So, like, last year junior, I started to, like, be an okay triathlete, I guess. And then the transition to U23 uh, was pretty, well, not easy, but yeah, it, it went well. So, yeah. yeah. Well, sorry. So, throughout this, you're going to school. Well, obviously, high school, primary school, at high school. Mm -hmm. Then, what? What's the next stage in Canada after high, uh, high school? So, we're in Quebec. We like to th do things very differently. So, we actually have something between high school and university it's called CJEP it's weird so we don't have the same uh, as many years of high school as the rest of Canada so we have one less and then we have two years of CJEP yeah and then you go to university but so are you going to university at the same time so uh, you're not really or are you like a year delayed so our CJEP is like um the last year of high school and first year of university for the rest of Canada. Right. Okay. So we go to university a year older. Yeah. Right. The rest of Canada. Yeah. It's weird. We don't understand why we have CJEP, but yeah. It's interesting. It's just there. Yeah. I guess it's good because you're a bit older when you go to university. So maybe you have a better idea of what you want to do, but still like at 18 years old, I don't know if you, know what you're going to do for yeah the rest of your life so i'm still trying to figure it out so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me too yeah <laughs> uh i mean it's similar for well i don't know if it's well anyway so i went to public school in tasmania and so high school for me was grade seven to grade 10 and then we went to what we called college which was mm. 11 12 and then okay. university. So well, I guess, it's, I guess like it's similar. A little bit similar, but yeah. we weren't like a year well, behind. Yeah. Older. Yeah. 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 Or behind or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I certainly had no idea mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. I just went to uni because I, I thought that's just the next thing that you, that you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I actually got into commerce. You're going to be way too young for this. This is why I can't be talking to young people. <laughs> You don't understand any of my references and it makes me feel really old. <laughs> but have you ever heard of a stupid, ridiculous show called Melrose Place? No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you want me to pretend I, I have? Yes, yes, Steph. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And do you remember Amanda? Yeah. Oh, she was my favorite. <laughs> 
she was an advertising executive and I just thought she was the, you know, a boss bitch, like this incredible, <laughs> just tough. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to do commerce advertising, mm. you know, I am to not. To be like a, Amanda. Yeah. 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 You, you, know, of course. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. You know exactly what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I thought I was going to be. And turns out that is not my flavor whatsoever. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I did not turn out to be like Amanda and I don't really use my university degree at all. I mean, I probably do, but yeah, yeah not really. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Like okay, my, my so mom you... is like a teacher and well, she was a teacher and I think she worked for like a year and now she owns like a, some franchises. It, like she's nothing to do with like teaching so I don't think it yeah you really need I think you do need a degree for some stuff but yeah yeah most of the tough stuff you can just learn it as it as you go yeah I mean if you want to be a surgeon yeah go, like go go and yeah yeah that's good good idea yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I don't actually you can probably find YouTube videos that will teach you how to be a surgeon they're probably yeah, out sure. there yeah but it's probably not suggested. Can you imagine if that's how you imagine that's that's the university of the future? University. Yeah. Oh God, we've got something here. How how to do an open heart surgery? <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, completely lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, okay. So you've gone to uni. What was your favorite subject throughout school before uni? Oh. Uh... I didn't really, oh, I didn't really have one. Probably like something like biology or, yeah. Not a big fan of like French or math, but yeah. Wait, hang on. So you doing French at school, yeah. is that the equivalent of me doing English at school? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's and then we, we learn English too, but yeah. But you learn English as a language so that would be yeah. like me learning German or, or French. French yeah so what do they so in French do they they teach you like French history or that's about um no like learning to read and write yeah exactly stuff. yeah okay. grammar and stuff like that yeah <laughs> I don't know why that's tripping me up so much it's really <laughs> it's, <laughs> I'm struggling to get my head around it I think because you speak really great English oh, okay yeah, but I forget thanks. that you're actually French that French is your first, first language. language yeah yeah a lot of Do yeah you... a lot of people don't know that French is my first language which is cool because mm. like at first the, the French people like in triathlon didn't know I could speak French so I could like listen to their conversation pretend <gasps> I can yeah but now they know so can't use that <laughs> Do you, do you ever remember a time where it really worked to your advantage where you did see I was going to come up with the Seinfeld reference but you're not going to understand that reference either. <laughs> I know but I know that show though. My dad used to watch that show a lot so I do know that show. Your dad did, did he? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just realized that's not helping you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um but yeah, there's an episode an episode where Elaine um can't actually I think it's he she gets Mr. Constanza George's dad to go in and listen to the women in the nail salon because he spoke maybe Vietnamese I yeah, think maybe yeah. um and she thought that they were taking the piss out of her so anyway 
my question to you is when has it actually worked in your favor? Do you remember? Probably from just the feedback from the coaches, like from the like French coaches on the sideline. And I can ah. like get that feedback. Yeah. Um, and know what they're planning to do. But yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. On to university. Yes. I still you, don't have a degree though, so. Kind of you like don't? It. No, I'm still in school. <laughs> I'm on like the 15-year program, special program. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is a lot of triathletes. Yeah. Like you do, pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing like one subject a year for 15 years? <laughs> something like that I'm actually doing a lot more uh I think that's the good thing about the pandemic everything's online so it's a lot easier for me to um do more courses so I've been doing more than ever the past year so yeah do you think sorry what are you actually studying is it nutrition am I making that up no I did nutrition for I guess I have half a degree in nutrition um and then I switched (laughs) to athletic (laughs) therapy um last yeah last year I switched or two years ago anyways what did you call it athletic therapy it's like a mix of physio and kin I guess physio and what kinesiology oh okay (laughs) you're using all the buzzwords that I don't know what so it's called athletic therapy um so I'm doing that but I'm probably going to change program eventually (laughs) well just another 15 years Yeah. yeah yeah I mean yeah why not? Okay, so if you were going to explain what that degree is to someone who has no idea what you're talking about, me. <laughs> yes. How, how would you sum it up? Like, what what does it actually mean? What will you be at the end of it if you if you decide to finish it? Yeah, it's like a, a therapist for like high performance sport. So they yep. you see a lot of them on the sideline at like uh, soccer games and um, yeah. So they're, they're usually travel with the teams and they're like the therapists. So you do a lot of like physio stuff and a lot of rehab. Is it, but is it more of like a holistic kind of therapy or is it? No, it's, I guess I've, I've been treated by athletic therapists before and it's a lot like a physio, I would say, but more focused on, uh, yeah, rehab and, um exercises yeah rehab exercises and stuff like that yeah yeah so do do you think that's helped you yourself in your triathlon career um not really because i'm still very i'm still very early in the program so i've done like a lot of like anatomy courses and physiology courses in the last well year so i guess it's the anatomy courses are actually pretty good uh, just in terms of like understanding my muscles and where I'm actually like if I get sore or tight I know exactly which mus- muscle it is but um, yeah I'm not quite in the far enough in the degree to like actually prescribe myself with exercises got it yeah. so it sounds like you're wavering a bit on this degree yeah what's <laughs> what, what... <laughs> What do you think? What, why do you think you're wavering and what do you think would be next? Um, I really actually enjoy the anatomy and physiology part of it. So um, I think med school maybe when, if, when I'm done triathlon, but that would be like another 
five years um, and actually have to finish this degree to be able to apply to med school. So I'm like, yeah, into like a 30 year program. <laughs> I'll be in school my whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the time you actually finish it, I'll be 50. Well, you'll be 50, <laughs> but also everything will have changed. So by then, they will be teaching you how to be a surgeon via YouTube. On YouTube, yeah. 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 So maybe I'll and just wait then until that comes up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's much cheaper than paying for med school, surely. Yes. Yeah. Actually, like school in Quebec is probably, yeah, it's the cheapest in, in Canada. So we're pretty really? lucky for that. Yeah. Tuition fees in, in uh, Quebec are pretty cheap. Right. Well, that's why you're doing all these different degrees because you can afford yes. to. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, no, I hear I hear a lot about um, uh, particularly short course triathletes um, studying alongside their, um, you know, chasing. Mm-hmm. Let's say chasing the Olympic dream. Let's say that because it's got a nice ring to it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, but it does obviously uh, a lot of the. Uh, subjects or um, degrees that you're doing are quite intensive so you can't do it as well as be a full-time athlete Mm -hmm. which is obviously why it takes um, a little bit longer than someone who can dive straight into the into the degree so um, I think I think it's cool that you're um, chasing something you maybe just not may not know exactly what that is right now (laughs) no it's been good actually yeah it's been really good um, just to have something else especially during Hmm. covid to work towards and yeah um and because it's all online it's easy to fit in my mm. training schedule and um i can get a lot of things done because um, i don't have to be in person so yeah it's been good yeah mm-hmm. yeah um now as a big fan of the wits up podcast that you are mm-hmm. um i mean i'm going to test you on that oh, later gosh. on okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know we don't typically talk too much about triathlon but um i i am interested in uh i guess what your goals are Uh, you you've been to the olympics one once Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um and obviously that's something that you're chasing again but i believe that there's been no no one actually uh announced on the team yet no no one's been selected in for okay Yeah. yeah so so where are you at with that sort of with those procedures where, where are you at um actually we don't know a lot about mm-hmm. selection and stuff um i guess we'll find out a bit more this week uh with qualification um period stuff because itu is meeting uh about all of the mm-hmm. yeah if they're reopening the qualification period and all that stuff and then we'll probably know more from our federation but as of right now we don't know much but i just know yeah. um i need to be ready for May or June to perform, whether that's uh, a race or some time trials from our federation or whatever. Yeah, so that's what I'm working towards right now. Right, and who's who's coaching you these days? Because I think the first first time I met you, were you with the wizard? Were you with yeah. wizards? Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've been with a new coach for couple of years now who's who's coaching you these days uh his name is alex sereno um he's based out of montreal he actually ca- uh, coached katie tremblay i don't know if you know her but she went to uh, beijing and london for canada in triathlon mm-hmm. so he coached her through those games and uh yeah he's 
he's my coach now. He's been my coach since uh, the end of 2018. Yeah. Yeah. And how's how's that seem to be progressing? Yeah, it's going well. I think uh, after a few years of like injuries and setbacks, and um, I needed to come home and get yeah build a program around what I needed, like uh, around my needs as an athlete to stay healthy. Um, and that's been really good. And I feel like, yeah, it's finally showing and I'm, yeah, back to uh, pretty good uh, fitness. So, yeah, I'm just mm. waiting for a race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've noticed in a few interviews that you've done probably in the last uh, maybe 12 months where you've mentioned that you're the, the healthiest you've been mm-hmm. in your yeah. career or in a long time. I would say in my career. Yeah, I yeah. think. When I moved to um, their Wizards program, I got a few injuries, like a 2015 a stress fracture in my femur. And then I tried to come back really quickly from that because we had to qualify for, for um, Rio. And then by the end of uh, the year in Rio, I was I dislocated my shoulder and had to get surgery on that. And then it took me a really long time to kind of build back after that. Um, and I finally feel like I'm, yeah, I'm back to uh, my best fitness or, yeah. And I've definitely been the healthiest uh, the past three years. No injuries, knock on wood, but yeah. Mm. Do, you, do you feel like back when it seemed to be a bit of a blow after blow uh, mm. in terms of injuries, do you feel like it was a series of unfortunate events or do you think that there was something that you were doing quite differently then to what you're doing now, which means that you are the healthiest that you've been? Yeah, I think now that the program is really built around what I need, like this, I think the biggest mm-hmm. thing, my old program was like, was probably biking a bit too much, which meant like every time I ran, I was a bit more uh, tired. I had more load in my legs. So I got injured a lot from probably from that. That's what we found looking back. Um, oh. And I have like a, a bone loading, like a run program, which I don't run every day. Um, uh, so I have like days off between run days and stuff like that. But, so I've been, yeah, healthy for almost three years now. No injuries at all. So I think that's the biggest thing. I've been able to do some consistent running for almost three years. So. and I mean like the the shoulder dislocation was that was an unfortunate event (laughs) not related to triathlon so (laughs) yeah what what's the story behind that (laughs) smiley it's like I feel like this is one of these things that happen this is the kind of stuff that I do just doing stupid stuff showing off no Uh, yeah yeah I injure myself so I this is a good story (laughs) I I, know I don't know if it's a good story but um, you, you're going to think this is funny. I dislocated my shoulder um, at a grocery store shopping. <laughs> yep. What? So that was a week week after Rio Olympics, um, which is funny because three weeks out of the Olympics, I actually got hit by a car riding and I like oh, broke, broke like two fingers. But I was really lucky because I went like head on. Um, Wait, hang on. You were head on with a car? Yeah, I was like going down the hill and she was coming up and there was a corner and the lady cut through the corner. So she was in my lane and I was coming down. And then I saw her like last minute and she saw me. And then I went like straight into her car. 
head on. Yeah. So I was really lucky. And that was like three weeks out of the games. And then oh a week gosh. a week after the game, I was we were in Claremont, Florida to get ready for Cozumel Worlds. And I, I was in a bread aisle uh, getting some bread. And <laughs> I fell. I love that you remember the aisle. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, actually, the real the story is that I was paying, and the lady was like, "Oh, this is the English muffins are two for one. Go get another another one." I was like, "No, I'm good. Like, I'm only here for three weeks. I don't need two packs of like English muffins." And then she's like, "They're free. Just go get them." I was like, "Okay." And I, so I was like, kind of like walking fast, and yeah, I, and then I tripped and dislocated my shoulder. So yeah, I ended up I went. <laughs> They got me out of the store on the stretcher, <laughs> and uh, I went to the hospital, and they popped the shoulder back in, and I went home the next day and had to get surgery back home after, yeah, two weeks. It's good, good stuff. <laughs> I've got so many puns about falling over in the bread aisle, and my first one is, and you probably won't get this reference either, but what, <laughs> hang on, what, what? I'm just making this up as I go. What do you say to the triathlete? No, what did the triathlete say who fell over in the bread aisle? Hmm. I don't know. Go! 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 Good one, good one. Yes, that's on the spot. Uh, On the spot jokes. This is what you came here for, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was funny because all the uh, my teammates, the Wizards, I guess, were there at shopping at the same time, and all one on one, like they all came to me and they're like, "Why are you? What? What's going on, Am? Like, why are you sitting in the middle of the bread aisle?" And then I would like show them my shoulder and be like, "Oh, okay. Um, oh God." And then yeah, ended up in the hospital. So good times. Oh, that's so funny. Sorry to laugh at your experience. No, it's, 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 it's a, a funny one. Funny. Yeah, it's definitely a funny one. Not a lot of people know about it. So there you go. I'm, I'm glad we could break that story. <laughs> You're on the, on the Wits Up podcast. My brain is going a million miles now trying to think of more puns and jokes. <laughs> There's something about like rising, as in yeast rising. Uh, bread. Yeah. I don't know. There's something in there. By the time I publish this, I'm going to have a whole bunch of jokes for you. <laughs> um, I wanted to go back, but I got caught up, obviously, in the hilarity of <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I can empathise because I do, but I actually intend. You just fell over. I I intentionally try to show off and be an idiot, and that's how I injure myself. Like mm-hmm. you know, you could be training and doing so much stuff, and nothing happens, and then I go to do. Oh, I did the worm. You know, the dance moves the worm. Yeah. I, I attempted to do that in Kona at the after party and did my neck, like just <laughs> couldn't move my neck for five days afterwards. Um, yeah. I also consequently cannot actually do the worm. I don't think I've ever been able to do the worm, but after a few cocktails, I think that I can. Yeah, you probably can. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Do you know who can do the worm is Jodie Stimson. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 And I have it on camera as well. Oh, that's at, good. Uh, I think it was Bahrain, 70.3, or ch- no, Challenge Bahrain. Anyway, I've got it on camera. I'm going to have to search the the, uh, the archives for it and bring that one out again, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's some good content. Exactly. It's what the people want to see. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, I, I do. I remember what I wanted to go back to. It's interesting you said with your injury that it was a con. Well, a major major contributing factor was the amount of uh, bike loading uh, mm-hmm. that you had been doing. Because I don't think. I think people undervalue because t- typically you'd say, oh, that's a running injury because it's a, you know, a, a femur injury or what have you. Yeah. But people kind of forget about the other loading that you get from if you are doing a lot of cycling, which yeah. makes you fatigued, which means when you're running, possibly uh, you're not running with the best technique, which is then, do you think up. that's yeah. fair? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the reasons I would get injured was, yeah, the bike loading because mm-hmm. it, Obviously, you're always running on tired legs, so mm. uh, you don't have a lot of, like, the best mechanic, like you said. So, yeah. Mm. Interesting. Um, okay, so this year you are obviously planning for the Olympics. Um, and uh, it, it's always, I guess, uh, qualification processes are always hard. Selection processes are always tough. And I believe Canada only have one spot available at the moment that could change yeah so i right now we only have one spot for the woman so yeah um but i'm um pretty close to getting that second spot so i we just need races um Mm, and then i don't i don't not sure if we're close for the relay i think we are um but we've had some really good results with the relay and some really bad ones too so i we're mm-hmm. kind of like I think we're eleventh, so I'm not sure how many countries they're oh. taking. Maybe I, I should probably know this stuff, but yeah, I'm trying to like more focus on yeah what I have to do to qualify that second spot. Yeah, where's your, where's your head at? How are you coping with I guess a lot of uncertainty? That hasn't just been a you know when it comes to uncertainty that it's usually a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like for example, when you are trying to qualify for the Olympics in a normal year there is a period of uncertainty because you, you know, you're waiting and you're doing your best, but that period of uncertainty for, for everyone trying to get to the Olympics has been extended. Well, pretty much 12 months. So how yeah. have you coped with that, with all of that uncertainty for your career? Yeah, pretty good. I think, I think that extra year was a good thing for me because we, yeah, we, it allowed me to put another year of training um, consistent training and focus on stuff that we wanted to address maybe after the Olympics but now that we had the time to do it um, uh, it was very benef- yeah it was good for me that extra year so um, I think it kind of hit me at the end of the year last year so mm-hmm. right maybe when I took my off season and I started training after my off season I was like oh there's like no goals like what, what why am I doing this like mm-hmm. I was we still didn't know if we were going to have a season this year. Well, I guess we still don't know now, but mm. uh, so that's one of the reasons I decided to do the Daytona was just to have like something to work towards. Cause like as athletes, yep. that's, we train to race. Like I, I love training, but I love racing. So to have mm. no races for that long, it was kind of hard. So that's why we are like, well, probably won't be ready for the, this kind of race, but might as well just do it if I have the, the chance to to race yeah. it um so yeah i think that was good um but there was definitely some time that i was questioning why i was doing this sport um yeah yeah, <clears throat> yeah it was a uh, i yeah at one point i was just i was wondering if i was just still doing the sport just 
as because it was just part of my life for so long and I was just like yeah just going through the motion but or if mm -hmm. I still love the sport but I think yeah after a few weeks of reflection decided I still love the sport and uh, yeah I I completely get it um mm -hmm. I've had and I'm not trying to compare myself to an elite or professional triathlete but you know we obviously work in similar <laughs> well, in the same industry. Yeah, for sure. And I too, off, you know, passion is what got me into what I do, mm -hmm. passion for the sport. And when you're not at races and, you know, I'm not running around chasing athletes and, and talking to them face-to-face -face and, you know, that, that adrenaline of, you know, being in that racing environment and atmosphere, I too started questioning what I was actually doing. And mm -hmm. I felt like I was going through the motions for quite some time. Um, so, and again, it, I don't, I don't mean compare my to compare myself to an elite athlete um, because it is a whole other level compared to what I do, but I can empathize with, with what you're going through uh, and why athletes age group or elite really feel that sense that they want to race. And I completely understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's yeah why I decided to do Daytona. It's just I needed a goal, a race yeah. on the calendar. Even though I regretted it when I was on in the race, I was on like, the, oh, ten <laughs> k's into the bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like, why am I here? <laughs> it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah, what have I done? Yeah, it was a painful race. Fun though, was it fun? A yeah, bit? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was fun mm. for, yeah, not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, can you please excuse me for two minutes? My small human has decided to wake up from her sleep yeah. and I can hear her crying. I'm just going to set her up with an iPad. So <laughs> just give me a minute. I'm just going to keep this rolling. Um, yeah, no worries. Feel free to leave anything on, on camera and say something <laughs> so that I come back and go, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Some oh. other stories. about yes. Yeah. Okay. And then I won't know until I'm actually editing it or publishing mm. it. Okay. Yeah. Good plan. All right. Do it. I'll try leave to me. think of something. <laughs> I'll be back. I promise. Two minutes. Mm. Yeah. No worries. Please excuse this very brief interruption. I'm just here to say, if you are not already a Wits Up Patreon member, please consider signing up. It really helps us out and supports Wits Up to continue to bring you powerful narratives of women in sport. Just click the link in the description below uh, or just simply go to patreon.com slash Wits Up. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Wits Up. And I assume you know how to spell Wits Up. Uh, okay, back to the podcast. I'm so sorry. You're good. You're good. She's very upset. Um, we got her a, what, she loves trampolines and we don't have a backyard that, you know, we can put yeah. a trampoline in. It's just not big enough. But I wanted to get just one of those exercise ones, oh, you know, yeah, those yeah. little round yeah. ones. So one of my old clients, because uh, I, I used to be a personal trainer, she was like, oh, yeah, I think I bought this back when you used to train me when I was going to do running or something on there. Anyway, she just dropped it off this morning. I think Frankie was too excited to sleep properly because the first thing she said was, I need to bounce. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, she's sitting behind the camera at the moment just looking at me like, 
I know you're talking about me. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, yes. I didn't she leave any uh, any stories for you. I'm not really good at talking to myself. So. Unbelievable. I left you with one thing. I know. The only good story I have is the shoulder thing. So, yeah. I'm pretty boring that's, otherwise. That's your only story that you've got. You have no more anecdotes. Not that I can think of. <laughs> Okay, I want to go back yeah. to mum and dad. Mm-hmm. So I've seen footage of your mum riding while you're running. Yeah. Yep. So she seems, well, based on that, quite invested in your triathlon <laughs> career. Yeah, both my parents are. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Because <laughs> I felt like the way you were talking about your dad, your dad's just like, okay, go and do your thing. Like, No, it's because my dad and I are really similar. We have very similar personalities. Um, that's okay. why, yeah, we, yeah. It's like, not for an extended period of time. We're just going to butt heads too many exactly. times. Okay, what part of your personality is the same as your dad's? We're both very competitive. Um, yeah, and when we do something, we do it like full gas. Okay, <clears throat> yeah. so does he, does he come from a sporting background? Uh, yeah. He grew up as, I think he was a swimmer and both my parents did downhill skiing, uh, like competitive downhill skiing. And uh, he actually started, he was go- a golfer too. Um, he started triathlon a year or two after I did and then went to like Kona like four times and podium in his age group over there. So I guess he's like an all right oh. athlete. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. very impressive. <clears throat> yeah. So does he still do triathlon? No, because he did like, I don't know, 12 or 13 Ironmans in like three or four years or something like stupid. And now he's like, everything hurts. (laughs) So he only, (laughs) he rides his bike. We actually ride together. um, Yeah, when we can. Fun. I don't know. No, I guess it's fun for me, but he, he likes to half wheel me and I complain about it. And then we butt heads during rides. Well, we're pretty good now. He just he just sit on my wheel, and we don't have to like talk about half wheeling. <laughs> he just know he knows where he fits in now. Like, exactly. Drop back there, Dad. Yeah, and I think he likes the the draft anyways because he's getting a bit older. Although he's <laughs> he's still very fast. He's gonna listen to this and be like, "Hmm, you said yeah, I was you slow." Yeah, last yeah. year you rode like fourteen or fifteen thousand k's. Like he actually rode more than me. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. What does he do for a living? He's a doctor, family doctor. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ah, so how does he feel about you potentially moving into medicine at some stage? I think he's, yeah, pretty happy about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like, yeah, not that he doesn't care, but he just wants me to do something that'll make me happy. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and your mum, sorry, I think you said your mum owns a bunch of franchises? Yeah, it's, um, I don't know what the equivalent in Australia. At home, it's called like Videotron and they sell like cell phones and like internet plans and TV plans uh, and stuff like that. So right. I guess, I don't know what's Vodafone. No, does Vodafone do internet? I, I, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, think, so she yeah. has, yeah, a few stores, yeah. 
she she wor oh, worked actually uh she uh, took over the family business um from my from her dad so she was in the trucking business um trucking it's like yeah tra transport like trucks yeah did so. she drive trucks please tell me your mum drove trucks <laughs> uh i don't think so she probably she definitely drove like one around but yeah she wasn't the one driving the truck with full of like wood and stuff <laughs> she was like yeah so she took over that company from my grandpa and then um, sold it and then after that she completely changed um direction and she's in the yeah telecommunication business or whatever it's called so from, from teacher to trucker to telecoms. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, from trucker. I like yeah, I love it. <laughs> I'm totally going to call her a trucker yeah. if I ever get to meet her. Okay, so you get your competitiveness yeah. from your dad. Yeah. What do you think you get from your mum? My character, yeah. I have like a pretty big personality or, yeah. So I get that from her. I'm a bit bossy, just like her. She's going to love this. <laughs> But I think if you own a few franchises, there, mm -hmm. there has to be a certain level of assertiveness. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're both pretty bossy. That's why my dad doesn't like when I'm around for too long with my mom. Because <laughs> yeah. he's, get, he's getting bossed around the house. <laughs> he's, he's on the phone to your brother saying, mate, I need yeah. you to come over here. I need another, I need a buffer. No, he's more like, do you have a spare room for me? A spare bed? Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to leave these two together with the dog and then we can hang out. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Did they get to, to many of your races throughout your career? Yeah, they love traveling. And I think uh, my races are a good excuse for them to travel. So they've been to a lot of them. Yeah, all the big ones. And Yeah. yeah. Did they get to Rio? Yeah, yeah. They were in Rio. Uh, my brother was there too with my grandma, my uncle, my aunt. Yeah, yeah, we had wow. a little family party over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys are close. Yeah, very close. Yeah, that's awesome. I can never imagine my uncle coming to anything that I did like that <laughs> at all. Yeah, well, I guess. Yeah, we're really close. Like I, I FaceTimed my aunt like two or three years, uh, two years, weeks ago, and uh, yeah, we we talk a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. So you said that you've got a big personality and I certainly get the vibe from you when I've seen you at events that you, yeah, you're super friendly. Um, I don't want to say life in the party because I haven't seen you in a party situation, but you seem, you seem vibrant, I think is a great way to explain it. Vibrant and friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I think I'm a bit shy too, but when you get to know me, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I was going to say, because you, you definitely are friendly and vibrant, but then when I, uh, when I've said, cause I've seen you in camp situations as well and seeing you interacting with people who you know well, but mm -hmm. then I'm an outsider viewing it. And I guess I knew probably the other women a lot better than what yeah. I knew you when I'd spent time. Um, so I don't know, like there was, I think shy probably is. Yeah. I think like, I'm shy when you like don't know me, but when you get into that, that bubble, I think I'm, yeah, quite, yeah, I have a quite a big personality. Yeah. So do you, do you think you thrive more in a team environment or spending more time alone? 
Uh, both. I need both. Yeah. Mm. I need my space, but also need people around. Yeah. Right. So you, yeah, you flip from introvert to extrovert. You need exactly. to go back, re-energize. Yeah. Then, then you'll get more energy from the group. But after a while, I mean, yeah, yeah. definitely. That's me. Yeah. I find uh, for years I've always said I'm an extrovert, and I am. I am 100%. And actually, I shouldn't say 100%. I'm definitely an extrovert. But as I've gotten older, I there are certain times where I become more of an introvert and it's when I'm exhausted and I just, I need to mm-hmm. move away, but I find it really hard because I know that's what I need, but I don't, I don't, I almost don't want to admit it because <laughs> I like, you know, I like people thinking that I'm the life of the party and I'm the one that's out there, you know, yeah, for sure. doing my thing. Um, but it's important to recognize where you get your your strengths and your energy from i think Mm -hmm. that's a really important lesson to learn yeah yeah and i think like i spent a lot of time especially in the past few months training on my own and i've and then the past few weeks i've trained with a group and i I definitely feel like i need that but also need my space and my my solo time as well yeah Mm -hmm. um this pool that you built in your parents house so all I've read is that you built a pool, you bought it, I don't know, on Facebook Marketplace or something for a few hundred dollars. Is, is that right? No, I bought it at like Canadian Tire, which is like Bunnings for you guys. Ah, I love that you know the comparison. Yeah. I, I spend a lot of time in Australia. You do, you do. Do you have, when you go to, did you actually ever go to Bunnings when you're in Australia? You probably didn't need yeah, to. I did like to buy like degreaser and stuff like that. Ah, nice one. Yeah. Did you partake in the sausage sizzle at Bunnings? <laughs> no, but I did see it. Yeah. It's you, mixed. okay, when you come back here, it ha- like you have to do it at least once. Like it's just okay. what you do. Okay, yeah. It's like when you go to Ikea, you get meatballs. Yes. But we don't talk about what's in the meatballs. Like I feel like <laughs> they're tasty, but I just, I don't want to know no. what the ingredient list is. No, you just have to commit. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess you don't want to know what the ingredients list is in a sausage either, do you? No, I don't think you do. <laughs> Probably the same thing as the meatball, though. Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Yeah. I have no idea what we were talking about before that because um, you got me side sidetracked on that. Oh, no, building the pool. Yes, pool. Yeah. Yes. So let's just say you, did, you didn't get yourself a Master Spa um, sponsorship mm-hmm. or anything like that. No. But hey, if they're listening to this, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm still open for master spa sponsorship. <laughs> I'll give them a call for you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, but so what you you did the old um, and this is so this is what this is old school, right? This is before master spas or endless spas or whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, existed. You tethered yourself basically to a pole and yeah, to the garage rail, and then just swam. Yeah. No, it was. A, it's definitely cheaper than the master spa. Little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little bit. Although the the garage is like moldy now, it wasn't? Yeah, the walls are like moldy and yeah. Because so, of the water from the pool. Yeah, for like, cause it was in there for two months and it got really humid. And my brother actually had like an electric scooter in the garage and it, it like it's like rusty and not functional anymore. And yeah, it just gets really humid because I would crank up the heat at like 30, 35 in the garage. 
so the pool would warm yeah. up because I didn't have a heater for the, the yeah. So uh, it got pretty humid in there. Mm -hmm. So I think. So I've got a question. Yeah. So, sorry. First of all, who has a heater in their garage? Or did you put a portable uh, one in there? No, we, we're from Quebec. I mean, it's, it gets to like minus 20 in the winter. So you do need like a, some sort of heating in the garage. <gasps> so when, yeah. So when you have your car parked in there and you get in during the winter, you want to, you don't, you don't want the garage to be minus 20. Got it. Okay. That's a very reasonable response. <laughs> and I didn't quite think that question through. So, <laughs> so what, a heater in a garage? Who needs that? Okay. Yep. People we do in the snow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so then does the, okay. So the reason, cause I'm like, I'm picturing a couple of things. I've got like made a little pool for Frankie here in the backyard. So like a tiny, you know, the size of a kitchen table kind of pool. And then I put the hose in it, but then I boil the kettle and I put some hot water in. And I'm like, <laughs> I imagine you're not doing that because no. that's a lot of kettles yes. full of water. I don't know. I think there's like 10,000 liters of water in there. So it's like, yeah, that's it's, a lot. It's a big pool. I mean, we have a two car garage or a bit bigger than that. And it took most of the garage, so it was a decent sized pool. So we actually have a water heater in the garage. That I don't know why we do, but um, we do have that. But it's pretty small tank, so I would like fill up the water, uh, the, the, all the warm water in the pool, and then um, as soon as it turned cold, I would stop it, and then come back like two hours later, do the same thing. So it took a few days to like fill the pool with the hot water. Uh how did you get rid of the water or is the pool still there? No, no, uh, actually, <clears throat> sorry. The pool came back uh, during, uh, I guess I quarantined after Daytona because we still have uh, a yep. quarantine. Um, so I asked my parents if they could build the pool back um, when I was in Daytona so it would be warm enough for me to swim in my quarantine. <laughs> um, and they did. Um, they did. They built the pool, the two of them, on the weekend. Um, some good bonding activity for them anyways <laughs> <laughs> and uh no we it was the summer so the first time we had it in the garage was summer so we emptied it you just plug a hose it's pretty easy to empty actually plug the hose and then just let it we actually use the water for the grass so my dad was quite happy because his grass was nice after yeah um uh. and during the winter uh, actually i don't remember how I wasn't involved in the, yeah, in the process when we emptied or built the pool, which is, yeah, thanks mom and dad. But I think because it was the winter and minus 10 outside, we couldn't do the hose. So I think they just used buckets. Uh, yeah, something like that. You, you owe them. Yeah, yeah, I do. I owe them for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the pool included. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, fair enough. Uh, we're going to start wrapping things up, but I'm, yeah. I want to ask you this question: How do you think? Um, how do you think your competitors would describe you? Oh God, that's a good question. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I, I don't know. You should ask them. Um, what was that? You should ask them that question, not me. <laughs> 
that's that's fair. Um, Do you know, I actually um, this just reminds me, and it gives you a bit of thinking time. Where, <laughs> this is such a weird um, tangent, but I was interviewing Daniela Reef at Kona, and you know, every year, and you would witness this at every triathlon you kind of get asked the same questions leading to a race um, and her being the, you know, the world champion, a lot of the questions are like, oh, what do you think about Rennie? It's her return to racing. She was the previous champ. Like it just, I, I felt like she kept on getting asked the, the, the same questions. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go into this interview. And I said to her, what question would you actually like to be asked? Cause I, and I was like, okay, that's, you know, I'll yeah. mix it up. Her response was, you're the journalist. And I just oh. went, oh. <laughs> she completely she was like, do your job. Yes. Actually, I think that's what she said was, um, isn't that your job? Oh. <laughs> I was like, Ouch. Okay. Yeah. 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 Bit of respect though for the smart ass three. I can, I can respect that. Yeah. Um, anyway, I've given you enough thinking time. How do you think? your competitors describe you um i don't know my competitors but like the the girls i train with uh mm-hmm. over the years uh which they're my competitors so i think they um uh, i remember gwen doing an interview before rio uh, and she got asked a question about me because it was a canadian um broadcaster and uh yeah. she said that i was someone who always shows up to like training and giving my best on the day. And she knows, she knew I was always going to be there, whether it was a good day or bad day. Um, so I guess someone who, yeah, gives her all every day. I don't know. I think that's, like that. yeah, that would be the best. Yeah. And I'm like the friendly one who's like going to talk to everyone on the start, well, on the lineup. You know, you have like the, the people in the zone and, yeah. And I'm like, I'm just looking around to see if someone wants to chat. <laughs> I feel like Tamsin's a little bit like that too. Yeah, Ta- Tammy and I get along really well. So, yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could imagine. Yeah. I can absolutely imagine. Yeah. Um, this And being an avid listener, you would know that I'm useless at wrapping things up because mm-hmm. then I keep coming up with more questions. And that's exactly what's happening now. Okay. So... Uh, Gwen has said you're you're the athlete that shows up, who always shows up. Um, do you feel like that's you in your personal life as well? You're the kind of and the re- I guess I'm asking, you know, because in friendship friendship groups, you've got that person who you, you know you can just always rely on, um, who you can call if you get yourself into trouble, or who just knows when to turn up at the right time without having to ask that kind of person. Do you yeah. feel like that is you in your personal life as well as in your yeah, career? Yeah, de- definitely with like my closest friends. I like, mm-hmm. yeah, I won't, I'll never give up if they like, even if like they're going through something and uh, they kind of like, I don't know, uh, there's like more distance. I'll, I'll never mm-hmm. give up on that person if you're like part of my circle. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I like that. Yeah. There's not a yeah. lot of people in that circle, so I take care of the people in my circle. So, love it. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I I don't know. I think that's another thing. As you get a bit older, at the ripe old age of twenty-seven, <laughs> uh, but you realize how tight that circle becomes. Yeah, um, especially when yeah. you travel, you're on the road all the time. Yeah, it's yeah, hard. Yeah, definitely. 
I text one of my friends, this is a few years ago, because I was about to do another one of my stupid things that, that I do, which included um, setting something on fire and swinging it around and taking a photo of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds dangerous. Yeah, it is. A li- well, yeah, it, it can be if you're stupid. Um, I'm also a little bit of a pyromaniac. I, I do I do enjoy fire. But I was about to do this thing and you I do it in typically in a skate park because it's just all concrete. So you can't mm. get yourself into trouble. You, there's things that going to fly off onto the grass and start burning things down. Yeah. But I started thinking, um, what happens if the police turn up and something happens? And because you have to wait till it's dark to get this photo. And I was like, I, if my one phone call couldn't be to Brett because he'd be asleep and never <laughs> picked up his phone. Uh, I can't, I can't, my best mate lives in Western Australia who would pick up her phone, but I'm like, what's she going to do in Western yeah. Australia? Like, what, <laughs> Pretty far yeah. away. Yeah. And she's not going to call Brett. To go, <laughs> yeah. like, what? So that can't be my one phone call. And then I realized that person who always shows up in my sort of uh, close group of friends, her name is Wolfie. She's an absolute legend. Um, I just, but I just text, this is how much she shows up. I texted her and said, hey, if I ever got into trouble and ended up in prison, would you come and get me? No questions asked. And she's like, yeah, what have you, what did you do? No, she didn't even ask me what I did. She's like, yep, no worries. But <laughs> other people would be like, what, what's going on? And she was just like, yep. I'm like, that, nice. that, that is the person that shows up. Yeah. I just call my mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. That seems smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for joining me and, um, sorry to change things around, uh, due to small humans during the podcast and even organizing the time that we did this. Um, I'm about to attempt, now I'm getting nervous because I'm going to attempt to say your name again and I want to try and do it properly. Here we go. (laughs) Oh no. Now, uh, now I'm just going to stumble. Now I'm overthinking it. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Amelie <laughs> Kretz oh there you go how would you say Amelia you would say just say Amelia, Amelia. yeah just say Amelia but without the oh uh, Amelie there you go huh Amelie Amelie yeah yeah Amelie yeah. Amelie oh, there you go that was good oh I just I need to remember the movie Amelie yeah you got Amelie it Amelie Kretz yeah Nailed it. I just see always everything needs to relate back to a movie or a TV show for me. It's, yeah, it's it's a hard one. Like every time I introduce myself to people, they're like, Lee? No, I was like, I'm Emily. And then one, one time a guy was like, Lisa? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Lisa? <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> Jennifer? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. So actually when I order co- coffee, especially in Australia, I'm like, I'm Emma. It's easy. <laughs> but sometimes I forget that I give Emma as a name. So they're like, Emma, Emma. And I'm like, oh, right, that's me. <laughs> yeah. I love that you chose an Emma as well. Um, you know, if, you, if you're in a coffee shop with a bunch of triathletes, there's oh, probably oh, going to be yeah. at least two Emmas yeah, in that coffee. True. Well, in Australia anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Um, I'm actually going to keep you on the line because we're going to do a rapid fire yeah. questions for our Patreon members. Uh, yeah. But for now, 
you can say goodbye to the rest of our followers. Thanks for having me. That was a great chat. <laughs> goodbye, followers. <laughs> fans. Let's call them fans. Goodbye, goodbye fans. Super fans. Yep. Goodbye, super fans. <laughs> Uh, you're funny. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. Please make sure you hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are using. Leave us a comment. It gives us some feedback, but also helps with our podcast ranking. But above all else, keep yourselves knee deep in awesomeness and we'll speak to you in the next episode.